Coming up this half hour, we'll hear about a Seresto flea collar alert and a pet food recall. Then we'll take a lighthearted look at how the status of cats has improved over time in the pet world. Here's important news reported in Business Insider. March 19, 2021 by Aileen Woodward, a popular flea collar is linked to nearly 1,700 pet deaths. Now, Congress is pushing the company to recall the product. After a damning USA Today investigation linked a popular flea and tick collar to nearly 1,700 pet deaths, a congressional subcommittee is calling for the products to be temporarily recalled. I think that it's only appropriate in this case that the manufacturer do a voluntary recall. Illinois Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, chairman of the House Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy, told CBS News. And I think that it's appropriate, out of an abundance of caution, that we step back, we look at the situation, investigate, and proceed from there. USA Today revealed earlier this month that more than 75,000 incidents involving Seresto collars had been reported to the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, between 2012 and June 2020. These reports linked the collars to tens of thousands of animal injuries. 900 of the incidents involved people. According to the EPA, which approved the collars in 2012, the Seresto collars are made of plastic impregnated with insecticides, which are released into an animal's fur over a period of eight months. The agency does not consider those insecticides, flumethrin and imidacloprid, to be harmful to pets or humans, but a 2012 study by Bayer found that the two have a synergistic effect and are more toxic to fleas when paired together. Nathan Donnelly, a senior scientist at the Center for Biological Diversity, told USA Today that synergistic effect likely applies to animals, too. Krishnamurthy sent a letter to pharmaceutical giant Bayer, which developed the collars on Thursday, requesting more information about the product's toxicity. He sent another letter to Elanco, the company that sells the collars asking it to recall the products and issue refunds. I know these collars killed my dogs. When Karen Huffman read the USA Today report, her family was still grieving for their dog, Charlie, who died in August. I was floored, she told Insider. I said, oh my God, now I know these collars killed my dogs. Huffman said she bought Seresto collars for Charlie and her other dog, Muffin in October 2018 and June 2019. After that second instance, Muffin, a 12-year-old Petty Bassett Griffin Vendee, stopped eating. She died a month later. Charlie, an English Pointer Beagle Mix, who was also about 12, got his third Seresto collar in February. Weeks later, he was diagnosed with a bladder infection and then cancer. One study has linked dogs' exposure to certain topical insecticides, though not the ones Seresto uses, to an increased risk of bladder cancer. This month, I finally put it together. It was the collars. It was just too much of a coincidence, Huffman said. 
She added that before their deaths, both of her dogs had been in excellent health. They got exercise and ate high-quality food. Still, she doesn't have any evidence that collars were the cause of their deaths and hasn't filed any reports to the EPA. According to Elanco, of the 25 million Soresto collars sold since 2012, less than 0.3% have been linked to incidents. The recent media reports were based on raw data and cannot be used to draw conclusions on what may have actually caused the issues. Tony Rumschlag, Senior Director for Technical Consultants at Elanco, said in a statement to Insider, adding, It is critically important to understand that a report is not an indication of cause. Carrie McGrath, a spokeswoman for Elanco, told Insider that the company is cooperating with the House subcommittee's request for information, but that no market action, such as a recall, is warranted. Elanco continues to stand by the safety profile for Soresto, she added. The 1,700 deaths could be an undercount. Before the USA Today report, the House subcommittee members hadn't heard about any issues with Soresto products. But now they've asked Elanco and Bayer to disclose any communications they've had regarding the collar's toxicity with regulatory groups like the EPA. The subcommittee members think there are probably far more Soresto incidents than the number reported to the EPA, since those reports only represent pet owners who've realized there could be a link between the collar and their pet's issue, and then filled out a form or called the agency. We believe that the actual number of deaths and injuries is much greater, since the average consumer would not know to report pet harm to EPA, an agency seemingly unrelated to consumer pet products, Krishnamurthy wrote in his letters. Huffman could be one such consumer. My two dogs aren't included in that 1,700 number, she said. McGrath said the onus isn't on pet owners to report incidents related to Soresto's collars to the EPA. That's not the expectation, she said. Rather, Bear or Elanco should pass information about incidents to the EPA after customers or veterinarians call the company's hotlines. Veterinarians can also reach out directly to the EPA, she said. The EPA has not issued any warnings to consumers about the collars, but an agency spokesperson told Insider earlier this month that it takes every incident report seriously and review these data to see whether action is necessary. Soresto flea collars are still among the top products of their kind on Amazon and other sites like Chewy.com. Amazon spokeswoman Mary-Kate McCarthy told USA Today, however, that the company will now be looking into the product in question. Although the Soresto collars have 4.5 stars on Amazon, some customers have left reviews describing their pets' adverse reactions. Many involved rashes on dogs' backs and necks or behavioral changes like loss of appetite.
They've got to stop putting these collars on the dogs, Huffman said. And here is the pet food product recall. I wanted to pass along a pet food recall that was issued on March 20th, 2021. Following is a report by the WGN Radio Digital Desk in Chicago, Illinois, posted and updated March 20th, 2021. The article contains and starts with an image courtesy of the FDA of a Bravo packing dog food label. The label's white with red lettering and reads, Performance Dog Ingredients, Beef, Tripe, Trachea, Finely Ground Bone, Salt, Dicale-18.5, Trace Minerals, and Egg, Guaranteed Analysis, No Preservatives, Protein, Max 19%, Fat, Minimum 1.4%, Fiber, Minimum 0.85%, Ash, Minimum 1.61%, calcium minimum 0.20%, phosphorus minimum 15 phosphorus minimum 0.15%. Net weight 2 pounds. Keep frozen until ready to use for animal consumption only. Manufactured by Bravo Packing, Inc. 58 North Gulfwood Avenue, Carneys Point, New Jersey 08069. And the article begins, please note, Bravo Packing Incorporated, the company involved in this recall is not affiliated in any way with Bravo Pet Foods, a manufacturer of frozen and freeze-dried raw pet foods and pet treats based in Manchester, Connecticut. The FDA has released the following, Bravo Packing Incorporated of Carneys Point, New Jersey, is expanding the previously announced voluntary recall of two pet food products to now include all pet food and bones in all package sizes. During FDA inspections, samples collected tested positive for salmonella and listeria monocytogenes and resulted in a recall due to the potential health risks to humans and pets. Bravo Packing Incorporated is expanding the recall due to potential cross-contamination. A full list of products follows below. Salmonella can cause illness in pets eating the products as well as people who handle contaminated pet food products, especially if they have not thoroughly washed their hands after having contact with the products, infected pets, or any surfaces exposed to these products. People infected with salmonella should monitor themselves for some or all of the following symptoms. Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea or bloody diarrhea, abdominal cramping, and fever. Rarely, salmonella can result in more serious ailments, including arterial infections and endocarditis, an infection of the heart muscle, arthritis, muscle pain, eye irritation, and urinary tract symptoms. People who have these symptoms after having contact with the products identified in this recall or with a pet that has eaten these products should contact their health care providers. A pet with a salmonella infection may be lethargic and have diarrhea or bloody diarrhea, fever and vomiting. Some pets will have decreased appetite, fever, and abdominal pain. If your pet has consumed the recalled products and has these symptoms, please contact your veterinarian. 
pets exposed to contaminated food can be infected without showing symptoms. Infected pets, including those without symptoms, can also shed salmonella through their feces and saliva, spreading pathogens into the home environment and to humans and other animals nearby. Listeria monocytogenes is an organism which can cause serious and sometimes fatal infections in young children, frail or elderly people, and others with weakened immune systems. Although healthy individuals may suffer only short-term symptoms such as high fever, severe headache, stiffness, nausea, abdominal pain, and diarrhea, Listeria monocytogenes infection can cause miscarriages and stillbirths among pregnant women. No human or animal illnesses related to the identified products have been reported to date. Bravo Packing Incorporated generally works with distributors that fill orders to retail stores and to consumers directly nationwide. Consumers with any of the affected products should handle them with caution Discard products in a secure container and wash hands and surfaces properly. Consumers with questions should contact Bravo Packing Incorporated at 856-299-1044. 856-299-1044. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the recalled products are... Performance Dog, Chub, Frozen Raw Dog Food, Green Tripe, Chub, Ground Bovine Stomach, Frozen Raw Dog Food, Beef, Chub, Ground, Frozen Raw Dog Food, Performance Dog Patties, Frozen Raw Dog Food, Tripe, Patties, Quarter Pound, Frozen Raw Dog Food, and Bones Smoked, 14 Varieties. Let's switch gears with this article by Steve Dale, posted March 16, 2021, in Catster. Rebranding the Cat Second Class No More, Cat Care Gets a Needed Reboot This was written by Steve Dale, March 16, 2021, on Catster. 2020 wasn't the best year for us mere humans, but for cats, their time has come. Finally, the species that I somewhat famously dubbed the Rodney Dangerfield of pets, because they get no respect, is changing course in a big way. And it's millennials who are leading that charge. Adoption and foster numbers are up. Old myths about cats are being busted. They're in the process of what a marketing person might describe as a rebranding. It's a dog's world. In 2008, I was invited to dinner by Dan Kramer, then a product manager for Pfizer Animal Health, now Zoetis, and publicist Leanne Germander. Dan noted that the new American Veterinary Medical Association sourcebook and other data he discovered indicated that cats were under-medicalized, seeing veterinarians far less often compared with dogs and Cat owners were less willing to fork over as much money for care compared to dog owners. Cats were more likely given up to shelters and, if lost, less likely to be found compared to dogs. The percent of cats microchipped was minuscule. In fact, if a cat got out, some people didn't bother searching. The prevailing notion among too many was 
It's just a cat. We were pretty much a dog society. In truth, for several decades, cats have been enjoying the title as man's best friend, if you just go by the numbers of the most populous pet. Dan wasn't aware that there were then, and it's still the case today, more pet cats than dogs in the United States. Yet, despite being most popular, cats had an image issue. Cats were often disrespected, misunderstood, and generally didn't seem to share the same intense bond we have with dogs. Dan asked me what I would do about the problem. I said, we need everyone to get on the same page to elevate the status of cats. This includes academia, feline specialty veterinarians, general practice veterinarians, national animal welfare organizations, animal shelter professionals, nonprofit funders of cat health studies, Win Feline Foundation and Morris Animal Foundation, veterinary behaviorists because cat behaviors were so misunderstood, as well as the American Veterinary Medical Association, American Association of Feline Practitioners, and American Animal Hospital Association. Alone, none of those groups can achieve what we might do together. Making a change. About a week later, Dan phoned me and said, I'm putting my money where your mouth is. And so he did. A who's who of the cat world attended a summit in California. And as an outcome of that meeting was born, the nonprofit Catalyst Council, C-A-T, Catalyst Council, at CatalystCouncil.org. Indeed, that group was a catalyst for change. Meanwhile, the American Association of Feline Practitioners, AAFP, was rolling out cat-friendly veterinary practices. So many veterinarians were taught primarily about dogs in vet school. Cats were marginalized. AAFP said, no more. The cat-friendly practice program helped to train veterinary teams to focus on cat care. And by now, feline specialty veterinarians weren't any longer a novelty. Today, there are over 1,200 cat-friendly practices. 98% of practices are satisfied with the program, with 90% indicating cat care has improved, and 78% have received positive feedback from cat parents. 2019 survey results, cat-friendly practice at catvets.com is the source for that. In 2016, Fear Free was launched, fearfreepets.com, an initiative to address the emotional health of pets in homes and at veterinary clinics. While many species benefit from this transformative program, an argument can be made that cats have gained the most by the program, minimizing the real trauma of cats seeing a veterinarian. Individual veterinarians and technicians can be certified as fear-free and so are entire practices. And when that happens, 91% of those practices believe their image is more positive and 98% have noted a benefit to patient care. Millennials that care. Both cat-friendly practices and fear-free focus on emotional well-being and, turns out, millennials do as well. Millennials, the generation born between 1981 and 1996, 
care about the emotional health of cats more than any generation prior. According to a 2016 study from Human Animal Bond Research Institute, Habri, H-A-B-R-I, dot org, 77% of millennials have a more favorable view of their veterinarian if they discuss the health benefits of the human-animal bond. 74% of millennials are more likely to visit their veterinarian if they discuss the health benefits of the human-animal bond, and 25% of millennials talk to their veterinarians about the health benefits of pet ownership. It's true. Millennials love their cats. Want proof? They love their cats even more than their electronic devices, and they use those very devices to post images and videos of cats. As a result, cats rule the World Wide Web. On Instagram, some very cool cats have up to millions of followers. The Instagram cats, sometimes referred to as influencers, may make personal appearances and some even sell swag. Most of these cool cats can thank millennial pet parents for launching their online careers and millennial fans for all those follows that secure their star status. Nothing says millennials and cats like cat cafes. According to meowaround.com, there are nearly 120 cat cafes, with most major cities having more than one. Back in 2008, there were zero in the United States. Most cats at U.S. cafes are available for adoption. Speaking of which, even before adoption soared as a result of the pandemic, cat adoptions have been increasing and the corresponding number of cats in shelters declining. According to the ASPCA, approximately 3.2 million shelter animals are adopted each year, and it's an even split. 1.6 million dogs and 1.6 million cats. Better care for cats. Millennial interest in cats goes beyond fanciful cat yoga and cat movie events presented at cat cafes. They're serious about redirecting myths, leading the charge against declaw. Many agree that following the 2019 New York's statewide ban on declaw, that other states would have already followed if it wasn't for the legislative distraction of the pandemic. In an effort to better understand cat behavior, books like Decoding Your Cat, authored by members of the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, are selling well, not only because millennials seek the cat truth, but also that the authors are trusted sources. Allowing cats to be cats is a craze that millennials first embraced. So the number of available food puzzles and games for cats for purchase at pet stores and online is exponentially greater than only a few years ago. With more cats indoors than ever, about 75%, enriching environments is now a focus. TV personality Jackson Galaxy has even given it a name. Catification. Even indoor cats increasingly have their own safe outdoor environments called catios. Back when I trained a cat to play the piano, people joked, why would you? Now cat parents routinely train cats to walk on a leash and harness or 
take cats for rides in strollers. Today, cat parents want to socialize kittens and even train them. YouTube is filled with videos of cats playing musical instruments and showing off stupid pet tricks. Except it's not so stupid, of course, or any more stupid than dogs doing tricks. The days of cats being thought of as boring, aloof, and lazy Garfield types has ended. Despite all of this, cats refuse to lay all their cards on the table, as some feline mystery and mystique remain. And it looks like we have some time for something funny. Here's a collection of ordinary things that some of our pets are afraid of. In this article by Shana Melker, posted April of 2014 on Bet Street, survey harmless and hilarious household items that scare people's pets. Is your pet afraid of common household appliances like vacuums and blenders? How about things that seem completely harmless and more irrational, like microwave popcorn and ceiling fans? We polled the Vet Street Facebook fans to ask which items in their homes scare their pets. And here are some of the most common, most interesting, and most eccentric answers we got. Candace Horner says, My Great Dane is scared of the crockpot. J.J. Walker says the chimes of our grandfather clock. I have a kitty who really hates my sewing machine, says Charlie Harris-Taylor, especially when I'm winding bobbins and the machine is running fast. My Labrador is scared of tape. The sound of it unrolling scares her and she hides in a corner. Oh, especially the sound of duct tape. That's why every time I unroll duct tape, I do it slowly, says Marie Janelle Tackleban. My Chihuahua Tinkerbell is scared of anything that sprays, like the vegetable oil bottle, says Mary Jane Cook. Our cat Clyde is afraid of my husband's rechargeable shaver. He bats it out of his hand every time, says Janice Michael. Crystalla Joy, my dog is afraid of my soda stream machine. It makes a whoosh sound when the water carbonation is complete. Afraid of that. Audrey Nichols says, I used to have a dog who was terrified of balloons or of anything that resembled a balloon. My sister had an inflatable snowman that we put in the living room at Christmas time, and the poor dog was terrified. He completely avoided the living room for the entire season. Marla Clauden says, I have one afraid of popcorn in the microwave. Martha Jackson, my cockatoo is scared of the radio. Michelle Doyle Messner says, anything that beeps. My Jack Russell Terrier hides through the whole show of The Biggest Loser in her crate. She's petrified of the scale when it beeps on the way in. Chris says, my cat hates it when I tear off aluminum foil. He freaks out and dashes around the house. Plastic wrap, parchment paper, trash can liners, eh, sometimes. But the foil is always a direct hit for a thorough freak-out session. Donna Wank Fujikawa says, my pug doesn't like the vacuum at all. All I have to do is open the closet, and he goes nuts. Anne-Marie McCain says, My Aussie shakes and drools. He's so scared of the low-battery warning chirp from the smoke detectors. And Pam Timmer Davidson says, My cat is afraid of the ceiling fan. That will do it for this week. I'm your host, Mary DeFranco. I hope you enjoyed the program. Thanks for listening. Please join me next time, and don't forget, Please spay and neuter your pets. It's healthy for them and the environment.